Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. There's relief there in our soul. Why? Because God's been working through the night while we had to rest and sleep. Maybe it is that he gave us sleep as a part of the rhythm of our daily lives because he wanted that that to be a continual reminder that we have to have faith. Faith that one is that we're even going to wake up the next morning, but also faith that he is at work in this world. And when you release those things to him, you rest. I rest. And that sleep, it's sweet. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Worship, prayer, reading your Bible, serving others, and attending church regularly are all practices that we as followers of Christ strive to incorporate into our daily lives. It is through building habits like these that we are able to stay firm in our faith, trust in God, and live the life that He calls us to live. These habits will help us cast aside anxieties of this world so that we might experience more of the peace of heaven. In this series entitled Holy Habits, we'll focus on developing these holy habits for our lives so that we might have a deeper connection with God. Please enjoy the message. So we're in this series that's entitled Holy Habits. And the idea of this series is that we want, to, we want you to have habits in your life, habits that are healthy, habits that are holy. Last week we talked about reading the Bible, and so you can go out in, at the connection desk in our lobby area, and it's there that you can pick up different Bible reading plans. I would highly recommend you to do that. Uh, but today we are talking about prayer. And the key verse for today is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. And this is what it says there. It says, pray continually. Okay, now what we're going to do here is I'm going to help you to memorize a scripture today. All right, I know you didn't expect to do that. You haven't memorized, maybe you haven't memorized a scripture in years. Today's your day, okay? So on the count of three, what is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17? One, two, three. Pray. Pray. Look at that. You all are amazing. Maybe you haven't even read the Bible in years and you already know a verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. What is it again? Yes, pray continually, pray continually. It is a great verse that Paul offers this directive to for these people in Thessalonica and even, and even to us. But, but, but it has some implications with it. The idea that we can pray continually, we have to understand that theologically that means that God can be everywhere. In a theological sense, that's known as his omnipresence. That no matter where you are, no matter what you are doing, whether you're at the gym, whether you're at your school, whether you're at work, you're at your home, obviously you're at church, you can be out on a trail. God is omnipresent. And with that theological perspective, with that theological belief, Paul says we need to pray continually because there's this tendency of ours whenever there's these directives in the Bible to just dismiss them. Uh, to just disregard them. And, and some of them are indeed hyperbole. I mean, when Jesus says, poke out your eye, he doesn't really want you to do that. He loves you too much for that. He don't, don't poke out your eye. That's hyperbole. But when Paul is saying pray continually, he's saying pray continually. He's saying that. And let me allow, let, just allow me to offer you some, again, some theological framework for that, for where that came from. Because as God's gradual revelation is revealed through the scriptures, you see that this is so important to us as Christians, if you're a Christian, that you gotta realize that God is everywhere. And even if you aren't a Christian, it doesn't matter, God's still everywhere. But I'm gonna take you to a story in Genesis 28, and it's the story of Jacob. 
Now, you may not know about Jacob, but Jacob, Jacob was a man who was rather slippery, you might say. The guy stole his birthright from his brother. Brother wanted to kill him. He lied to his dad. He, he colluded with his mother. There's all these different things going on with Jacob. He was an incredibly compromised individual. And as a result of that, you know what Jacob had to do? Jacob had to flee. He had to run from his home. He, he had to go. And this is what the Bible tells us. That's where we're going to pick up. Genesis 28. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Now, now for us, Beersheba and Haran don't mean anything, but I'm going to show a map to you here. They, those are just, you know, just towns out who knows where, if they even exist anymore, as far as we know. Beersheba is a place that God was present. Jacob knew that, and he's going up to Haran. You see, in this day, gods were thought to be more regional, and they cared about the people in that region. But Jacob's going to realize that the God, the Almighty God, the living God, he wasn't just a regional God. He was a God over everything, and he was everywhere. And so along his journey, where Luz is now, where it will be known as Bethel, Jacob stops, and he sleeps. This is what it says. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head. Now, I have no idea why anybody would want to put a stone under your head, but you know, surely to goodness, the ground is more comfortable than that. But maybe he put a mat on top of the stone. I don't know. We don't know. But he laid down to sleep. And then he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And so there's this stairway there that, that, that Jacob sees. And if in the King James Version, it actually says ladder. Now, some of you sang a song that sounded something like this when you were a kid. And I'm not talking about Stairway to Heaven, okay? I'm not talking about that song. <laughs> it was, We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder. And the, some of the idea of this song cause, uh, is, is wrong. Because the ladder doesn't go from here to there. The ladder is going from there to here, going from heaven to earth. And the angels are ascending and descending on it. Now, we, we don't know exactly what all their responsibilities entail, but you can kind of imagine and play with it a little bit. Maybe some angels are going off shift and some other angels are coming on shift and, and the angel going off shift is saying, you got to keep an eye on this guy. He's like, his brother wants to kill him. He's lying to his dad. His mom's a train wreck. We don't know what's going on in that family, but you just got to keep an eye on this guy. So good luck. Boom, fist bump. New angel is on shift and watching after him. They're ascending and descending. And there above it stood the Lord, because this is the Lord's ladder. And he said, I'm the Lord, the God of, of your father, Abraham, and of Isaac. I am with you. This is the first place in the Bible that I am with you, that God offers his promise of his presence with us. It's never been said before then. And this is a bit of a revolutionary idea, theologically speaking, that he would be with Jacob. And then it continues, and will watch over, he says to Jacob, you, wherever you go, whether you're in Beersheba, whether you're here where you're at now in the wilderness, whether you're in Haran, guess what? I am in all of those places, God says. And as his ladder goes from heaven to earth, what we realize is that God is not just in extraordinary places. And he's not just a part of overly spiritual occasions. That God can actually 
meets you in the most mundane, ordinary place of your life. And so Paul says, pray continually. Because it doesn't matter where you are or where you are going. And Jacob placed this stone there because he didn't want to forget that place. And then he named it. He named it Bethel. The E-L at the end of Bethel is in reference to Elohim, which is God. So we know that. Beth is house. And what Jacob is saying is that this place in the middle of the wilderness, in the middle of nowhere, is the house of God. And God was with him. God is with you wherever you go. And so we can pray continually. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. Now with that in mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer you a little bit of help. And we're going to talk through some ways that we truly can pray continually because God's going to meet us in every single place of our life if we allow him to do, allow him to. So I'm going to take you through a few items that I have here with me that can help us with this. And the first item that I have here is a, is a pillow. It's a pillow. And this isn't a pillow that you're going to wake up from. This is a pillow that you go to bed on. The reason that you go to bed on a pillow and, the why, and why it is that we start there is the Hebrew day actually began in the evening at about 6 p.m. Genesis chapter 1 verse 5 says, And there was evening and there was morning the first day. That God created evening first. And this is so important for us. Because you go to bed and I go to bed with worries and concerns. I don't know, maybe you're like me, I don't know. Do any of you ever just go to bed and be like, man, I wish I could just stay up and get more stuff done? <laughs> or you feel like, oh, I'm so tired, I wish I could do that. That's how I feel a lot of times. But my body just won't let me and I just go to sleep. And here's the wisdom in that. Is that in that moment that we slumber, God doesn't. That when we have to stop, he keeps going. And so we surrender. As we lay our head on our pillow, we're saying, God, thank you for the day, but I'm gonna give you everything that I've got weighing on me, the burdens or whatever else it is, these things I've gotta do, and I'm gonna trust that you're gonna work in them while I'm asleep. Have you ever just had, have you ever woke up in the morning and you just felt relieved? Relieved? Sure, there's a bit of that that's physiological, but I think it's spiritual too. 
there's relief there in our soul. Why? Because God's been working through the night while we had to rest and sleep. Maybe it is that he gave us sleep as a part of the rhythm of our daily lives because he wanted that to be a continual reminder that we have to have faith. Faith that one is that we're even gonna wake up the next morning, but also faith that he is at work in this world. And when you release those things to him, you rest. I rest. And that sleep, it's sweet. Proverbs says this. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Now we know that when we sleep, we obviously, there comes this moment in which we wake up. Now some of us are better at that than others. Like there, there, there are two kinds of people in this world. The, the people that love to wake up in the morning and the people that hate the people that love to wake up in the morning. Just, just those two groups, really. So, but there comes that moment when you have to wake up and, and you're woken up by an alarm clock of some kind. Isn't that a terrible name, though? An alarm clock? I mean, it's like, it's like something bad's gonna happen today, clock. You know, there's an emergency clock. I mean, that's what it kind of sounds like. Why couldn't it be a grab the bull by the horns clock or, or you really make the most of the day clock or an opportunity clock? Instead, it's an alarm clock. It's like, it's terrible. But that's what we got. And that means that we have a new day that is before us. A day that the Lord has made. And so tomorrow, when your alarm clock goes off, rather than being grumpy or grouchy, we get to wake up. And in that place, we get to have a Bethel. A very ordinary, run-of-the-mill moment that God is present in. Why? Well, Psalm 118 tells us why. Search, Psalm 118 tells us why. It says this, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why will we rejoice and be glad in it? Because God has given you another day. We've had many deaths that we've been connected to just over the past week. And I won't get into all of them, but, but you realize you're not guaranteed that day. You're not guaranteed that waking moment. But you, tomorrow, you will get that moment. You'll have that opportunity to just go forth and say, God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. And maybe as you're thinking about some of the things you got going ahead, God, God, you've got to look forward to that day. You get to say, God, you can have this. Or God, be a part of this. Or God, intersect into this thing. But I know you've already been working on it all night. And so I'm just going to rejoice in that. And I'm going to pop out of this bed and be ready. Be ready to go. The next item that we have here is a bar of soap. And the bar of soap is, for generally, uh, most of us, it means it's a cleansing. It's, it's that moment whenever you get in the shower. You see, there's things that happen to our body at night. And, and it's how, you want to know how you're old? I'll tell you how you're old. You wake up and you're injured. You're, if that happens to you, you're old. You go to the PT, the PT's like, what happened to your knee? You're like, I don't know. I woke up, my ACL exploded. I don't know. I, he's, <laughs> that's how you know you're old. But... But there's other things that happen to you as well. You know, you get sweaty and your breath gets bad. And if you don't know your breath's bad, just ask the person next to you. They'll tell you, yep, yep, your breath in the morning is not good. So we, so we go take a shower. And that shower, it cleanses us physically. But it can also cleanse you spiritually. The average shower is about eight minutes for each person. 
and there's been some surveys done on this, the number one thing that we think about in the shower is this, our worries, our concerns, our anxieties. But what if we didn't do that? What if we entered into that shower and we took those things and we just kind of let them loose and we said, God, just cleanse me. Search me, cleanse me, take away those worries, take away those anxieties. I've been, I'm gonna trust that you've already been at work in those things. God, just take all that from me. And then you begin to rejoice again. Cleanse me of all those things. Here's what the psalmist writes in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What if you entered into the shower and that was what you prayed tomorrow and that became your Bethel moment? Place. See if there's an offensive way in me and lead me in the way that is ever that is everlasting. And we get to experience and we get to spring forth. Whenever it is that you have that moment, that Bethel moment, that shower moment, whenever that is, you get to spring forth from there having been cleansed of those things because you've released them to the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. Paul said, pray continually. You can dismiss it, and it's just a thing you do before a meal and at church, or maybe you take him serious and you realize, when I lay my head down on that pillow, I'm gonna release these things. When I wake up, I'm gonna rejoice. When I get in that shower, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be cleansed of, of whatever it is that's wearing me out. Those anxieties, I'm gonna let him search me. And then when we go from there, it won't be long after, that we start to interact with people. And this cell phone, this represents where you waste your life. I'm kidding. Um, although that is true. This represents the relationships that you have. And these interactions that you'll have. And certainly there's some that'll be on the phone, no doubt. But there are others that you'll have just meeting with people. And when we get going with our days, we have a plan. And then we start to, in, we start to get interrupted. We, we have a plan and people start coming into our lives. And what if you saw that as, again, that Bethel moment? 
Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I have to talk to this person again. What if you prayed before that happened, you said, God, help me to see this person the way that you see him, the way that you see her. What, what, if, what if you prayed, God, and all of this to yourself, don't go up to somebody and say, bless you, brother. Bless you. That's not what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you enter into that conversation and you're saying, but God, help me to be a blessing. How can I be a blessing to this person? It's a very ordinary situation. Run-of-the-mill, wilderness type of situation. And it can be your Bethel. There's a Benedictine um, saying that goes like this. It, it means benedicamus domino. It means, Lord, bring me a pizza. No, I'm kidding. That's not what it means. And if, if it did mean that, it wouldn't be domino. I'll tell you that. I'm not ordering domino's pizza. Benedictum is domino. It means it may be the Lord. When you have those moments in which people interrupt your day, whenever you come upon maybe the least of these, when maybe there's somebody that goes unnoticed normally and you finally see them, what if, what if you said, Benedictum is domino? You see, there's times, and the reason that this was a saying in the Benedictine order, the reason that, that this was uh, something that they repeated to themselves is because they would often be irritated. They'd be frustrated when people would interrupt their days. And so they said, it may be the Lord. And Jesus said that whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. But then there's this odd verse in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. It says this, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without even knowing it. It's maybe one of those angels coming down God's ladder into this world, and you don't even know it. And so these Benedictine months would repeat this Latin phrase, Benedictimus Domino, because it may be the Lord, and they wanted to make that their Bethel moment. Their moment where they realized God was indeed with them in that, in that place. The next thing I have for you is, is some car keys. And this represents driving. Not a big stretch there. It, it's, it's that moment in your car where you say, God, be with me. God, you are with me. And, and I have those moments sometimes. They're very holy moments, spiritual moments. But you want to know when I have those moments? When I'm not rushing I give myself a little bit more time. And instead, there are these times whenever I try to get as much done as I possibly can and I'm often scrambling to get to a meeting or to connect with somebody or to get to some other activity that's going on and I'm rushing to it. Trust me, when I'm rushing, there is not a Bethel type of moment in that, in that instance. But what if you allowed your car to be that place and you didn't say words that you wish you didn't say? You didn't fling fingers and whatnot. You didn't get frustrated and angry. What about those moments whenever you're with your spouse or your kids? I mean, I about lost my salvation yesterday in my car. I'll tell you that. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? You have those frustrating moments, but if you can remember the Lord is with you and you can pray through that, God, just give me patience. Give me patience. Help me understand what's going on here. I'm going to give this person in front of me that's going super slow the benefit of the doubt. 
I'm, I'm gonna, this person that's cutting over and they shouldn't be cutting over, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe there's an emergency. Dear Lord, I want my kids not to see the devil right now. I want them to see you. And so I'm gonna be patient in this moment. I'm not gonna just burn through everything. Here's what a proverb says this, 19.2, about rushing. Be excited about something is not enough. You must also know what you are doing. Don't rush into something or you might do the wrong thing. And so tomorrow when you drive to work or you drive from work to a meeting or go to an activity or you're trying to see somebody, give yourself a few more minutes to allow that to be a Bethel moment to pray continually. The sixth thing that we have here is a computer. And this computer represents our work. It's that whatever it is that you do, you may not be on a computer, but, but you work. And what if we allowed our workplace to be a place of the Lord, the house of God? We have that option. We're the ones that get in the way of it. It's not the God. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.